Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20 is where I want to start, and uh, we're going to be bouncing around a few scriptures just for a, a short time this evening, uh, talking about a pretty important subject, and that is uh, what is given to us here in Revelation chapter 20. We'll go ahead and start in verse 1 and read down through about verse 4. That's probably what we'll cover tonight in uh, one specific subject, and that is, uh, who is this who rules and reigns with Christ? Again, just... A reminder, this is um, at the beginning of the thousand-year reign of Christ. When He returns, He sets up His kingdom, puts down all opposition. Um, the Antichrist, the false prophet are done. The time of tribulation of the world that, that uh, is described here in the book of Revelation for us, that is over, and it starts His kingdom now where He rules. And, of course, we know His, his faithful are gathered to Him. It's what we call the rapture happens and he begins to reign. We talked in depth about what that kingdom is going to be like as far as physical stuff, as far as uh, the law and all of that. Um, last week, I wanted to just kind of remind us that even though this is something we're waiting for in the future, we are a part of the kingdom now. The kingdom is here now in his people and we are to be, as it were, ambassadors for him going out being about his kingdom business so this is at the start of it revelation 20 and verse 1 i saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into a bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. Verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's kind of what I want to focus on. Mainly the question for tonight is, who is they? They sat on thrones. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. There in the end of verse 6, they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Who is they? I mean, that's a question that's long been asked. People have wanted to know the answer of that because they are pretty important, aren't they? They seem to, to receive something very special, being in this position of Christ, ruling and reigning with Him, and um, being free from the power of the second death, whatever that is, and we'll see in, in future lessons what that is. But they are called blessed and holy because they are part of this first resurrection, and they seem pretty important. In fact, it says, I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given to them. They're in a place of authority. That's what the, the word throne means. It's what it speaks to. They are set in places of authority, in places of rulership, and the authority to rule is given. And that's what judgment means. Judgment was given. them. So they're set in places of authority and they're given the authority to rule and reign. So they're they're like kings. They're like governors. They're like 
people in places of leadership. Of course, subservient to Christ the King, He gives these thrones, He gives these positions for these people to rule in and rule through. Again, this shouldn't surprise us. This shouldn't be new to us as we talked about last week because Israel in the Old Testament and the church in the New Testament already uh, have that authority, don't we? All authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them, right? And lo, I am with you always. I have all authority. I am sending you in that authority. So this isn't something new. This is just worked out now in a very physical and real way. So I just want to take a short tour of Scripture for our time um, this evening and try to just show you from Scripture who they are. The first thing we can do is just simply refer back to chapter 19 to get a sense. But chapter 19 and look in, uh, well, we could pick it up in verse 4. The four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen and Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and all ye that fear Him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath made herself ready. To her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And it goes on to give the vision of Christ as he returns, and he's seated on this horse, and he's got this wonderful description. In verse 14, The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, clean and white quite evidently and uh, obviously pointing to that same group in verse 7 and 8. These who now come with him in judgment, they ride on horses with him. Part of these armies that go with him is what the description of is in chapter 19. And then you come right into chapter 20, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them. Well, to me it's not a far stretch at all to say that they is that same group in chapter 19, the one who are arrayed in fine linen, the ones who are coming with him, his wife as it is called. Those who follow him as his judgment is poured out. I think it would be a reference to these individuals and they have been given a name from chapter 22 and verse 17. If you wonder where I get terminology from, chapter 22 and verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Who is they that rule and reign with Christ? I would say it is His bride. These ones that have made themselves ready, the ones who follow Him in judgment and partake in that, they also partake in His ruling. So, I want to show some scriptures that speak to that. I want to let the Bible speak for that. I don't want you to just take my word for it and say, okay, well, that's who it is. No, let's get a sense of what, it, of what the Bible says. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start from here. We're going to work backwards in the Bible and uh, just visit a couple places. And let's, let's stop in the book of Revelation first. So chapter 7 and verse 9. Revelation 7 and 9. Let's get some clues from this book. Who are these people that have this position with Him? Revelation 7 and verse 9. 
After this I behold, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, and they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. So now he sees this mass amount of people from all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all nations, all tongues, and they all are clothed in white robes. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell down before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? Who are these people in white robes and where did they come from? And John, verse 14, I said to him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Who is this mass amount of people clothed in these white robes? Well, there are those who have come out of great tribulation and made their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. They have come through. They have endured some things. They have uh, relied on Christ for some things. And therefore, verse 15, they enjoy this special position. I think this is talking about the same group of people. Those who have come through some things and have stayed faithful to Christ. Go to chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. And verse 21. We're going to hit a few places here in the letters, the seven letters of Revelation. And there is one phrase that is repeated, and I, I want us to pay attention to that. Revelation 3 and 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also came, overcame and sat down with my Father in his throne. To him that overcomes, that word means to have the victory. To overcome adversity, to be victorious. He says, to him that does that will sit with me in my throne. Just as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in His throne. So there's a promise to those who overcome, who are victorious over sin in their lives, who come through tribulation, who have made themselves ready. You see, we're, we're just plugging Scripture into Scripture, right? Revelation chapter 19, they've made themselves ready. Chapter 7, they have washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb and they have come through great tribulation. Chapter 3, those who overcame are granted to sit with me on my throne. Look in verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. He says, you want this white, white raiment that we're talking about? You buy it from me. You get it from me. I give it to you. It's not found anywhere else but in Christ. So we are to overcome. We are to find our faithfulness in Him. Chapter 3 and verse 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. 
I'm coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so nobody takes away your crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall no more go out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him a new name. He that overcometh will enjoy uh, this special relationship, this special position, if we hold on to what we have so nobody takes our crown from us. Well, don't rulers have crowns? A ruler who reigns, wouldn't they have a crown or a symbol of authority? Chapter 3 and verse 3. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Again, you get the picture that's being painted here? Hold on to what you have. If you're not careful, this is all going to take you by surprise. Hold on to what you've heard, like those among you who haven't defiled their garments, and they're going to walk with me in white. So you have people that have been faithful, people that have held on, people that overcome, people that have come through tribulation. Starting to get a picture now. Chapter 2 and verse 24. Chapter 2 and verse 24. But I say, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. Listen, let's, let's start over in verse 26 again. He that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end. He's saying, listen, there's some in you who have stayed, some in the city that have stayed faithful. They haven't known all this other depths of Satan and going away and straying away. No, they, they've stayed faithful. Hold fast what you have till I come. And to him that overcomes and keeps my works to the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my Father. Who is they that are given thrones and judgment and rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years? Those who hold fast and keep and overcome to the end. Chapter 2 and verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison, that ye might be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh, shall not be hurt of the second death. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. Revelation 20 and verse 5. You see how these things are all connected? People want to say and they want to look and say, oh, these people that rule and reign with Christ, well, that's just everybody who loves Jesus. Anybody who's ever said they loved God. Is that what the Bible says? No. There's some qualifications given there's some some descriptions given everybody that's ever loved jesus is going to walk in white with him they're going to have white garments well who are those that have white garments 
those that overcome, those that hold fast, those that are faithful, those that have made themselves ready for His coming. And trust me, there is many people I know that name the name of Christ that do not do that at all. Chapter 1, verse 5, From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and, and priests unto God and to his Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. He has made us kings and priests. Well, who's he talking to when he says that phrase? Verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. He's talking to his people. He's talking to his people. These letters are written to his people, to the seven churches. You who overcome will walk with me in white. Second Peter chapter 3. Let's look at just a few more. Two or three more and then we'll be finished for tonight. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, and he's talking about the melting away of this earth and the new heavens and the new earth and all that, that, we've, that we're getting into, he says, Seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Since these things are coming, we ought to be diligent to be found without spot. We ought to be found blameless as overcomers, holding on faithfully to what we have. So this isn't something that's just contained in Revelation. No, it actually runs throughout the whole Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're, keep turning to the left in your Bible. We're going in that order. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and verse 13. Paul writing here to the church at Thessalonica. Notice what he says. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren. Beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Notice this. Sometimes you can read the Bible very fast and not get the depth of some of the meaning. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to what? To the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. What has God called you to? What has God sanctified you to through the Spirit? To the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The same level. If heirs, then join heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Him. For I reckon that sufferings of this present time are not uh, worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8, 16, 17, 18. The same level. Those who rule and reign with Christ. That's what we've been called to. As he's writing to this church to tell him, the Lord is working through you to this end. This is where he wants to get, get you to. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Notice something Paul says here. 1 Corinthians 6 and 1. Dare any of you, having a matter against a brother, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? This, the morality of the early church is hard for us to understand. He's, he's 
getting on them because they were going, uh, they were having lawsuits with each other, and instead of judging it within the church, they were going out to a court of law and letting uh, the the leaders of the land. And Paul says, "What are you doing? You you shouldn't be doing that." And I wonder how many churches have listened to that in the past couple thousand years. Very very few, very few. There's probably lawsuits going on all the time uh, between believers at the very least, and much more those within churches. He says, why are you doing that? And here's the reason he gives. Verse 2. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye, un, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life. See how he kind of slips that in there? Why, why are you going and having lawsuits with each other? Don't you know we're going to judge the world? And we're going to judge angels? Well, who's he talking to? A bunch of people on the street? He's talking to a church, a local New Testament church, a screwed up one. <laughs> Corinth was messed up. There's no doubt about that. But he's still talking to this local body of baptized believers that had committed to him. He says, don't you know that you will judge the world? It's all starting to kind of slip together, isn't it? Who are these people? Well, these people that are walking white, that are overcomers, that are, that are faithful to him and that are, are, are walking with him and looking forward to his return. And they've made themselves ready. And there's more than... One passage other than just 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 1 when it talks about the church in that manner. He's made us kings and priests. Don't you know that you're going to judge the world? Matthew chapter 19 and verse 28, he tells the disciples, when I come in my kingdom, you're going to sit on 12 thrones and judge the world, judge the Israel. Two more places I want to go. Luke chapter 12. We'll be in Luke chapter 12 and then Daniel chapter 7 and we'll be done. Luke chapter 12 and let's look at verse 31. This is pretty good. This is going to paint a pretty good picture of of, of what, uh, what I'm trying to get at with some of this and some misconceptions people have about it. But let's look in Luke chapter 12, verse 31. Rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. I hope phrases like that now take on a different meaning when we've studied the kingdom. Because you've probably said that first. You probably said Matthew chapter 6's version. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Same, same passage, same record. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Do you understand that kingdom we're looking for now a little bit better? And why maybe some of this stuff here doesn't matter as much when compared to the kingdom of God and what's coming. Seek that first. Be looking for that first. And all this, these other things should be added to you. Verse 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Is that spoken to the masses of people all around? Is that spoken to the unbelieving Jews? Is that spoken to the Greek world around? No, it's spoken to his church. Hey, little flock. Don't be afraid. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell all that you have, give alms, provide yourselves bags which wax not old, and a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth.
corrupts. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights be burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, ye may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he cometh shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. It, to her it was granted to be away, arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for his wife hath made herself ready. Isn't that what Revelation 19 said? Blessed are those servants when the Lord comes he finds so doing. And this know, verse 39, that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Peter so bright. Then Peter saith unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? Who are you talking to, Lord? Are you talking to us? Are you talking to everybody? Because, you know, the promise for ruling and reigning and the rapture is for everybody, isn't it? Anybody who loved Jesus, anybody who said God was good, boom, they're going to be raised at the rapture and they're ruling and reigning with Christ forevermore. That is what mainstream Christianity will say. Is that the case? Well, just from some of the verses I've read so far, no. That's not the case. Well, Lord, are you talking to us or are you talking to all these people? The Lord said, Who is that faithful and wise steward whom the Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required, and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So Christ lays it out as only He can, and, and He answers that question by saying, hey, you know what to do, basically. You know what to do. And if you have the idea of knowing the Lord's will and not preparing yourself and not doing it according to His will, you face a stricter judgment than those who don't know. So yes, I'm talking to you to tell you to be ready because you know these things. I've spoken these things to you. I've made you aware of my will, so you need to prepare yourself. To whom much is given, much is required. Because we know these things, because we understand these things, we are to make ourselves ready. And let the Lord sort out the rest. Je Daniel chapter 7 is where we'll end. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. There's some promises given there. I want to pick it up in verse 9. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9. 
I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool, and the throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And a fiery, issue, a fiery stream issued and came forth from him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and books were opened. I beheld then because of the great words which the horn spake. Now, this is speaking about the Antichrist now. We, of course, we know the Ancient of Days is Christ, and that's Him coming in His kingdom, and judgment is coming out. Now it turns attention to the Antichrist. I, I, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. We saw that at the end of Revelation 19. And concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. That's interesting. Verses like that are interesting. That will come into question next week, as in, who do these people rule over? Who's going to be left on the earth? Well, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Just hold on to verses like that. Let's keep going. I saw in the night visions. Behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my... In my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts which are four are four kings which shall rise out of the earth. But, verse 18, the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. You see that? The saints of the Most High Possess the kingdom. Go to verse 21. I beheld that same horn, the Antichrist, made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. The saints possessed the kingdom. Verse 25, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until time and times and the dividing of time, three and a half years. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it unto the end. Judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion. They are given into his hand. They will take away the dominion to consume and destroy it into the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions shall serve and obey him. You see, this is not just a New Testament principle. This is a scriptural principle. It's pretty clear it's clear in the letters that are written to churches. It's clear in the terms that are used like overcomers and saints and those who hold fast and those who are busy about the Lord's work. So when He comes, He finds them doing those work and those who keep themselves, those who have prepared themselves, His faithful. 
His faithful people, I believe, of all ages. That is who they are in Revelation. They were given thrones and they rule and reign with Christ. Who is it? His faithful people. Those who have followed Him. We'll dive into that a little bit more next week, but we'll leave that there uh, for this session.